Grace, mercy, and peace are yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. It's okay to not be okay. Despite the pressures, the messages that you're getting in society and culture to always put on a, a brave face, to put on an act that you have it together, that you are perfect, that you are always in control, to avoid looking uncertain or to avoid seeming like you have doubt, to avoid showing weakness at all, it's actually okay to not be okay. If you're not having the best time at work, it's okay. If you recently received a mental health diagnosis that so far has been untreated and now you're trying to figure it out, figure out what that means for you and you're unsure, that's okay. If you're on the cusp of entering a new stage of life, a new phase of life and you're anxious and you don't know how it's going to go and you have some doubts in your heart, that's okay. Because it's okay to not be okay. Or is it? Is not being okay okay or not? Well, there certainly is a sense in which it's not okay to not be okay. Because Israel was not okay in Micah's day. And that was Micah's message through the majority of his book. You see, Micah was from a small town to the south of Jerusalem, small farming town. And perhaps you're aware of some of the stereotypes, the prejudices that city folk tend to have about small, people from small towns, from rural communities, that they aren't intelligent, that they aren't educated, that they're not with the times, that they don't get it, that they're somehow backward people. If you have ever suffered at the hands of that stereotype of that prejudice, then maybe Micah is the prophet for you. Because Micah understood the hustle and bustle of big city Jerusalem all too well. Michael, Micah got it. He understood what was going on at the capital of Israel better than the people living there. Because they thought everything was okay. When it was not the practice, the God-commanded practice of giving families their property by, allotted by clan, by tribe, by family, and keeping it that way was being totally disrespected, people taking land from each other. The court system was completely corrupt. Verdicts were being handed out to the highest bidder. The judges were taking bribes and all that. And there were these prophets, or so-called prophets, who were standing up and who were preaching peace and prosperity just for a buck to the highest bidder. Things were not okay. And isn't that kind of scary? To think that you can feel like things are okay when they are most certainly not. Because those prophets who were standing up and preaching peace and prosperity were not only doing it to make a buck, but the message that they were preaching was factually incorrect. There was no peace and there was no prosperity. 
The rich were getting richer, the poor were getting poorer, and by the way, the big, bad, mean, nasty army of Assyria, the most powerful nation on the planet at the time, was headed straight for Jerusalem. And they were angry, and they had one objective, destroy. It was going to take a miracle to survive the siege that was about to start on Jerusalem. Things were about to get very, very bad. So Israelites, if you paid some prophets to preach peace and prosperity, I hope you kept that receipt because they're wrong. It's not okay. Things internally were not okay. Things externally were not okay. Does that, doesn't that make you want to think twice about where you turn when things really go wrong, when the trouble really starts? Because where were the Israelites going to turn when Assyria came and knocked at their door? When they finally got what they deserved for the injustice, for the cruelty, and for their lack of regard for God and neighbor? Where could they have turned? And maybe that's the problem with the phrase, it's okay to not be okay. If we're saying that in a sense and communicating that we are resigned to what's wrong with us, that's not very helpful, is it? It's about as helpful as saying when you feel guilty about something and you confess it to a friend, what if they say to you, oh, it's okay, everybody does that. Not very comforting. Not very helpful. Or when you look in the mirror and you see your imperfections and you say, well, that's okay, nobody's perfect. A lot of times that's actually not very comforting, not very helpful. Is it okay to not be okay? Should we just accept the, the things about us that are flaws, that are wrong, that go against God's will? Probably not. You want to be careful where you turn. You don't want to be a mouse who's running away from a cat and runs into a group of other mice and then says, yay, I'm safe, I'm good, I'm, I'm, go I'm gold now. Because a cat can just as easily take out one mouse as a whole group of them. We don't want to kid ourselves and resign ourselves to the fact that we feel okay, so we are, we accept what is not okay about us. But you don't have to. Yes, you and I, we have imperfections. We have sinned. We have flaws. We can't do this all on our own, but you don't have to resign to the fact that you're not okay because Jesus makes it okay. That's the message Micah was trying so hard to share with the Israelites. You guys are not okay. You're not spiritually okay, but a Savior will come who will make it okay. And that's where we get our verses for today. You, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. When you think of the big, important, influential people, the people that have a lot of sway, the people with a lot of followers, who comes to mind? 
probably someone with education. Harvard educated, they'll put in their, in their bio, right? They might be from a, a small town, but chances are after they made it big, they don't live there anymore. But they're qualified, they're influential, they probably dress nice. This is not how God works, though. From a small, rinky-dink town called Bethlehem Ephrathah, the most important person in the history of the human race was going to come. That, of course, is Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, the city of David. No one should have paid a lick of attention to him or his family, but here he was, born and placed in a manger. But Micah clues us into what's really going on. This birth that we're going to celebrate later this week, that was not when Jesus got his beginning. Christmas was not when Jesus started. And Micah tells us that. He says his origins were from of old, from ancient times. How old is eternity? How ancient is an infinity in the opposite direction of where we're at now? Because that's Jesus' origin, Micah said. Every second of human history, Jesus has been around. He is God, so he has always existed. He was there when we fell into sin. He was there when throughout history, history we repeated the cycle of sin, kept falling back into our not-okayness time and time again. And he has come to be our shepherd king. His origins were from of old, from ancient times, but when he was born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah, that's when he came to take on our human flesh. Did you hear what he called you? His brothers, his sisters, the new Israel. Because after this time, after Assyria would come and take the kingdom away, and then another kingdom after it, and then another kingdom after that. Israel never really enjoyed political power again. Not true power. But Micah's talking about the new Israel. God's kingdom that dwells in our hearts through faith. You are the new Israel. You are the brothers and sisters Jesus will come to gather to himself. A lot of celebrities, a lot of influencers will say that you are their family. You can picture a singer getting on stage at a concert saying to the crowd, you guys are like my family, but she doesn't mean it. She gets off the stage and she forgets completely about you. She doesn't know your name. She doesn't know what you like to do on weekends apart from maybe going to concerts. She doesn't know anything about you. When Jesus says, you are my family, he means it. Because he was born in our situation. He took on our human flesh. And he knows your name. He even knows your sins. He knows what you're struggling with right now. He knows what you like to do on weekends. He knows what you're like. He knows your personality. And he loves you with an undying, unending love. And that's why he came. He came to make everything okay. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, 
and they will live securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. He will be our peace. Dear fellow sheep in the flock of our shepherd king, Jesus, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to admit that you can't do this on your own because you're not on your own. It's okay to admit that you have flaws because Jesus came to forgive your flaws. It's okay to admit that you're struggling, that you have doubts, that you have uncertainties, but let Jesus be your certainty. Dear fellow sheep in the flock of God, this Christmas season, likely for many of you, will not be the time of unbridled joy that it was when you were a kid, when you got to run down and see what mom and dad got you. For many of us, this Christmas is not all that exciting. For many of us, we are dreading that Christmas day because we're dreading seeing that empty seat at the table. Dreading seeing the Christmas presents that aren't under that tree. The car that's not in that driveway. For many of us, we just want this year to be over. For many of us, this Christmas season, we're not okay. But that's okay. Take your reasons to feel not okay. Take your grief, your sadness, your depression, your guilt, your remorse, your everything, your pain. Bring them to your shepherd king. Because he has the strength and majesty of the name of the Lord his God. He can handle it. Remember what Christmas is really about. It's not about the presence. It's not about the painting a smile on your face. It's not about the colors that you're wearing. The reasons that you feel not okay is the reason Jesus came. He came because you're not okay. He came to make it okay. By showing you how much he loves you. By becoming and being your peace. Amen.